Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment. So glad to have you all back. Tonight, our guest is Joy Herzberg, and she works at the Genesis ER here locally. And then myself, Ashley Chandler, and Jim Parkin. Welcome back. What is up? Welcome to the show. Thanks for, again, all these, all my people keep bailing me out and coming in on short notice. Love it. Because I'm like a horrible, horrible planner. (laughs) The thing is, we know every Monday night we do this, but everybody else needs to be given a little bit of head up. Heads up, you know, it's all good. good. We appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we get going, um, like I was telling you guys before, my partner on the ambulance, Dan, his grandpa passed away on this past Saturday. Grandpa was 95, if my math is right. That'd be 1925 to 2020. Wow. He was in the Navy and served in World War II. So we would just... You know, our condolences and all our love and prayers to Dan and his family. They're going through kind of a rough time right now, but yeah, just wanted to mention that on the show because he is my partner and kind of that's how that works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. So let's get this cracking. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're doing this kind of this new season of the podcast is having people from our immediate Genesee County EMS and hospital community. And I kind of wanted to reflect back on this year because it's been really a hot mess from that's a good way to put it from start to finish. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't know. January wasn't bad, (laughs) but then it just, but from then on, it just kind of, I know so, the other day I went to I, the other day I went to go say you know hindsight is like twenty twenty and then I'm like uh, <laughs> I don't think we can use that phrase anymore I think it's uh, eternally <laughs> destroyed no so from like the hospital perspective COVID hits right yeah. and we were kind of here and it seemed like I don't know how like for you Joy but for me I was like watching the news I was like refreshing there would be days like. 20, 30 times a day, I'd be refreshing like the, the COVID sites and seeing nothing's hit in Genesee County. Nothing's hit yeah. in Genesee County. Yeah. I'm going, what in the world? Oakland County has got 45 people. We don't have anything. What's going on? And then, oh. you know, Mayan's playing tricks on me like this. <laughs> they're lying. We really do have people and they're saying it, you know, and then boom, it hits. I mean, I know what it looked like for us first time around we weren't really transporting a lot of people yeah for a while it was dead like right. oh that's a bad word to use um it was <laughs> vacant i'll say for a while <laughs> um like i didn't mind going to work like it was scary because you didn't know you know when are we going to get a COVID patient and are we going to know it's a COVID patient when they get here or is it going to be right. something that we figure out later, which happened a lot. But in the beginning, like March and April, we were practically empty. Right. And it was nice 
for a little bit because it's like, well, all these people that come to the ER every day, obviously they didn't really need to because we would right. have days where we maybe saw like 40 people in, in a 12-hour shift and that's not a lot at all. So in the beginning, it was okay, just scary. Right. Yeah. I can remember that too, right? Because the normal people that we bring to the hospital on the regular – they weren't going anymore because they believed that everybody in the hospital had COVID and they would go there and they would die. So nobody. And then for a lot of us who've been doing this for a minute, you're like, well, there, there goes that went ahead and proved our theory for all Mm -hmm. these years to facts. Right. Like these people didn't really need to go and they just go to go. Yes. And then we went to no visitors. (laughs) I mean, I'd be at the door (laughs) screening and, you know, they, they come in, husband and wife, and they're like, oh, his stomach hurts. Okay, sir, blah, blah, blah. Have you been out of the country? Do you have a fever? Any symptoms? You check them and all that. And then you let the wife know that she can't come in. Right. And she's, what do you mean I can't come in? I'm his wife. Right. Well, only the patients are allowed in at this time. And, and they just get, they get so upset. And sometimes the patient would be like, well, I don't want to be here. And they'd leave. Right. So it's just like how many people come here really need to be here because if you're if I'm hurting, I can hurt alone. Like I don't have to have someone there with right. me or I'm not gonna check in to see what's wrong with me. Right. right. I can legally say you can't come on the rig with us because our assurance doesn't protect you. Right. So you can't ride with. Even though they can, we can use that. Nope. You know, and it is very easy for us to be in all the drama on scene, load and go and leave. Right. But I'd be in the ER and there's people, they don't understand the process and they don't understand that there's a hospital full of lab work that needs to be done. And so their guy isn't going to get theirs like front of the line. Right. And it's just people get super indignant, just nasty, nasty mad. Mm -hmm. And no one's doing anything wrong. It's just a process. Do you think that those folks are like the ones that are hypochondriacs? Like if my stomach hurts, I kind of know, Hey, this is a normal hurt because I did a B or C and this is a different type of hurt that maybe isn't okay. How are they? Like like, you'd be surprised that they know, they know they can go into the ER and tell joy what they need done and what she needs to do. They're wrong. Their information (laughs) comes from like Gray's anatomy and whatnot, oh, and the no. resident, and all these, whatever, pick your ER show, and they come in, and they, you know, they say all the right words, and all the things, and you can really, it's that fine line, right, because you can tell someone who's a pro, because they know all the right trigger words to say. Yes. If they say certain things, now they've got me hooked. Yep. Whether I know them or not, okay, now, now I really got to. So is it, is it attention-seeking? Like, they just have I nothing? some of it is. Yeah. Some mental People that health that we stuff. see every single week, it's got to be mental health. There's people that will go to Genesis and they won't get the treatment they felt like they wanted. And then they will go outside, like right out the, the, the little slide of woof, and they'll go out, they'll dial up 911 again. And then I'll go ahead and go down there and pick them up. And no they'll way. say, they didn't do anything for my pain. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll be like, well, yeah, I know this, whatever, because I'll say them right to their name. I'll say, I know this patient X. 
They, they didn't do last time either, but where do you want to go? McLaren or Hurley? Yeah. You know, and that's sometimes when I lose my patience. Like, look, I don't got all day. Let's where do you want to be? Right, right. McLaren or Hurley. Yeah. And then we go to the other hospitals. It all works the same. If I bring someone down to Genesis or take them up to the city, a lot of times if I notify the nurses appropriately, those people get what's known as a 45-minute courtesy hold, and they just get an extra amount of time to wait and think about what they've done. Mm-hmm. An adult timeout. That's nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it's fair, right? Because there's, there's yeah. especially now. Well, there's a lot now, of work that, that's being done to try to move right. people. And like what you were describing a couple of weeks ago, you know, having COVID patients coming in in the midst of all the reg- regular traffic. Right. Car accidents. It's different now. Distant, yeah. All the other things that are yeah. happening. Yeah. It's different. So, it's a lot. It's a lot. Every COVID patient, you have to you have to put your respirator on. Well, you clean everything before you put it on. You put your respirator on, put your goggles on or your face shield. I have hair, so I put my hair up and I got to put a bonnet on and all that different stuff. And then you glove, you put your gown on, and then I double glove because uh, I don't know if my ring's going to tear my gloves or... I might get my hands wet and then I need to take those off and have another pair. It's just so much. Some people wear the booties. You got to put all that stuff on just to go in there to answer a call light or just to go in there and check their blood pressure or whatever you got to do and then take it all off and go clean and start over again every time. Mm. (laughs) That's just, see, we don't have that bad. Like we have this disposable thing that we put on maybe or maybe not. You know, I typically it's wintertime now, so I wear a hat, but we just throw a respirator on and go in and get them and move on in. But, like, they're accurate with the information. Before, they'd be, like, you know, they really weren't all that diligent with the information if we were going to a house where there was COVID, you know. that happened. Diligent from the dispatcher or diligent from, from the family? Well, both. Well, 911, you call 911, and they're going to ask you those screening questions. And we've had a couple incidents where people say, you know, no, I don't have any of those things. And you get on, you know, you get on scene and sure do, you mm-hmm. know, their fever is so high that you can feel them from a, you know, like. They're radiating. Yeah. They're radiating heat and they're sick. Yeah. They're super sick and you just know. And then now I'm just exposed because I mean, what's the point? And I'm going to mm-hmm. backtrack now. I know it's been rough, but. You know, there's so much more. So on top of COVID, to kind of rewind a little bit, we're just getting that ball rolling. And then all sorts of other just unrest in the company or country. Yeah. You know, so not only COVID has been been a thing, but just everything else, everything else in this country from May, March. I don't know the exact date. I can't remember. But George Floyd is killed. And then, and I don't know, I think there's some, there's some debate that I I hear people talk about on different podcasts that I listen to and, and, and different media outlets that had we not been locked down already, that that would have been different, wouldn't have been as big as it was. And I don't know. I think that might be true because I remember where I was when I I was laying in bed because school was canceled or something. So I'm just on my phone and I saw it. 
and then it's all you saw yeah. or like as it should have been but all you right. saw on the tv on the computer on the phone which are the only things we're limited to do because now everyone's in the house right. so it's like you just constantly saw it and you saw it and you saw it and it's easier to get more and more upset and um as you should and you know organize um the things that we did protests and awareness and all that kinds of stuff. Right. I do think that um, had we all been busy with our normal lives and not in lockdown, it probably would have just been like, Oh, there's another one. And then we kind of would have kept going, but because people didn't have much to focus on because they weren't at work or they weren't at school, it was easy for that to be focused on. Yeah. yeah. Kind of though, like really you can look at that, two ways. Like you said, it probably would have just passed us by at the speed of Twitter, but it didn't. And because it didn't, I think, you know, that's also a good thing. Yeah. Everybody paused and actually looked at it. And now now we have to, we have to, we have to take this and we have to look at it and we have to look what we're doing. We got to reevaluate some things Mm -hmm. that have always been there. But when we move, we live in a country that goes so fast, you know, yeah. And with a, a 24-hour news cycle that's always spinning and always changing. And I'd say that a lot. I say that things move at the speed of Twitter a lot because something is posted and then you refresh and that thing's gone. Right. You know, and most times these, these things happen or anything like that happens. And it's, I mean, well, case in point, the kid that died just before George Floyd, that was before lockdown. Um, Aubrey. Yeah. Right. I mean, it kind of, yeah, yeah. It kind of describes what I'm explaining here. That kind of came and went Mm -hmm. then lockdown. And then for me, I think it's been kind of, it's been bad. Obviously it's been super detrimental for people's mental health for thing after thing, after thing to be locked down and restricted and, and shut down and all that. And all the debates on, should you mask up? Should you not, you know, all the stuff, but there's also parts of it that have forced us into slow gear till we have to kind of take a step and look. Yeah. Look. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting too. Is I don't know that it just like the stroke of midnight on new year's Eve is going to, I hear folks speak as if it just magically changes. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, it's 2021. It <laughs> We're all good. Yeah. I mean, I think people need to be encouraged (laughs) with the new, I mean, I think more than ever this year, people have been putting up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. You know, I think people need to be encouraged. I think we need to look at those things, but I think people need to have some sort of hope and confidence that they can be a part of a brighter tomorrow too, that they can do anything today and, and work towards, you know? So I think some of those things, it is good to look forward and be like, okay, we have a breath of fresh air coming. But at the same time, I think it's always a struggle of looking behind, being present, and then looking ahead and doing whatever that means for all of us in all three of those categories. Because if you're stuck in one or the other all the time, then that could not be so good. But you got to be able to somehow do a balance in that. And that's, that's the million-dollar question, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Joy, what got you to here? What made you decide EMT was going to be the thing? 
Oh, do you want the long? I'm going to give you the short version of the long story. <laughs> Love it. Um, so straight out of high school, I went to U of M Flint, was going to get my pre-med stuff done and go to Ann Arbor and then be some sort of surgeon and make my money and then do surgery for free. That is what I just knew that God's plan was for me. And um, then I made my own alterations to that plan and decided to have a child. And now you can't just go to school and then just go to Ann Arbor and do what you want. You got to figure it out. Yeah. So someone recommended that I get into EMS so that I could get some experience and that I could do that and study because back then you got to sit at a base or there weren't so many transfers. So you could sit in the truck and kind of study and do homework if you needed to. So it seemed like that'd be the perfect thing for me to get some patient experience and still like work towards my goal. So got on the truck, learned that it wasn't enough money, ended up in the hospital. (laughs) And so now I'm like, well, I'll get the RN and then I'll get the BSN and then I'll go from there. So yeah. Yeah how it always happens man yeah it was like it was much different when i started out because well so for me i don't know how to really do anything else i had been in the military so kind of that pace and structure was what i had to have but then did the fire department and grand blank and then emt and paramedic but yeah like you think it's going to be this one thing and, and all this cash money and then they're like Back then, too, it was like eight fifty. <laughs> yes, when I when I started, I was at Speedway, and then I went on the road, and I think I made like seven forty at Speedway, and then I went to like eight twenty five, and I was like, "Hold on, <laughs> like, why did right? I do this?" <laughs> right. Holy smokes! Right. You're like you, we're making life altering decisions for folks for eight fifty, eight twenty five an hour. Yeah, like six months in, I counted like three people that we saved, and I'm like, and I've made two dollars. That's crazy. That's crazy. You still want to ultimately do surgeries? No, no. <laughs> we're past that. <laughs> we're past. Mm-hmm. So now that you're a little bit more informed of the medical field, where would you like to be now? Ultimately, I don't see towards. myself anywhere other than an emergency type situation because like Jim was saying earlier um the patient's family so when you're in an ER you might have you might have someone for your entire shift if something catastrophic happens and they don't get a bed upstairs or something takes forever and it takes forever to get them home or something like that but that's the maximum. You know what I mean? Typically you've got them for a couple hours or four hours or something like that. So the way I feel, if the family situation or even the patient situation is less than ideal, it's only temporary. Okay. I could not work in a unit where I've got the same patient for a week and the same family. And like, it's just, it's too, I don't have the patience yeah. For that, yeah, I'd rather just be like, okay, you're you're critical, so we fix you, or we send you somewhere where they can, or right. there's nothing wrong with you, and you go home, or you just need something, you need a bone set, and then you're good to go. Like I just like the yeah turnover. Right. Okay. I'm gonna kind of shift gears here. I'm gonna try Do it. it. Do I'm it. gonna try to get Joy fired up. She's <laughs> so calm hard to though. Do. <laughs> 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 so. 
obviously in we're in COVID season two, like we're round two, second half, if you, if you will. Right. Um, and it's much, in my opinion, much worse than it was in the beginning. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I just think it's, it's, I've said this to Ashley before. It seems heavier now. There's not the public support that there was, you know, um, I want to bring it back to, I believe last week sometime I didn't comment because I was too fired up, but I saw you post your video. So somebody, I'm going to preface this by saying we all in healthcare understand that these small businesses are suffering. We don't have blinders onto that, but this disease because of the vastness of its symptoms is not going to go away because it's hard. Like I said, last time it's hard to take it serious when it can be no symptoms all the way on up to death. And when all people talk about is this 99% survival rate, it's hard to take serious, but someone had posted a sign that said mask down, stand up post, put a sign by the Genesis or the Ascension sign. Now what pissed me off is that if you're going to make that statement, don't put your sign in a low key, you know, hidden behind bushes area, be man enough to hold your sign or put it where people can see it. Mm -hmm. Now it just so happened. I don't know if you were coming or going, but Joy here (laughs) and she saw the sign, but it's just, it is like, no matter, I think the whole point to your video is no matter that what you feel about it is just outside of a place where people are in there and they're struggling and they're dying to put your, your sign there. Like, again, we all know, I don't, I know because my older brother's business is struggling since April. I know that small businesses are, are struggling. I mean, this is a dude that hasn't taken a check all year, pretty much to make sure his, his two partners get paid, but they're in a different financial situation because he's written books and all this other stuff. But sometimes I think the message here will be just watch what you say. And where you post signs. So yeah. what, what's your feeling on, on like just your perspective? Because I, again, I'm just coming and going. I'm getting people that are sick and I'm bringing them in. I'm dropping them off. I'm leaving. You know, for us, it's, it's just that fast. It's like, so I don't think that I, well, I know that I don't see the progression. Right. And working in ER, I mean, I really only get that 12 hour exposure to the patient like to see the progression or if I work a couple days in a row and I happen to go check on them or take someone else upstairs and I next door and I peek in I see oh dang this guy's on a vent now like stuff like that so basically every day it's almost like you're going into battle and whether you got sleep the night before or whatever you still have to get up and you have to go to battle put all your stuff on you're so I'm literally headed to work and I'm like does that say what I think and I pull over and I'm like and I just I felt the need to get my phone out because I just didn't know what was going to happen because it felt like it wasn't even real and I went off or whatever and said what I had to say and destroyed the sign and put it in my vehicle but I just felt so disrespected it's almost like like the troops are literally marching in for their turn and people were throwing stones at us. That's what it felt yeah. like. Yeah. And the sign was too small for anyone to see. But I mean, 
the patients that are in there, literally in their four wall isolation, because no one wants to go in and out of that room if they don't have to. They can't have visitors. So they're pretty much isolated. Imagine how you'd feel if you look out the window and you see a sign about not wearing masks. I don't know. I just felt like it was so disrespectful and just so um, unnecessary, you know, and I don't like that they've taken something that's a public health issue and made it political. And it's just, uh, it's hard to deal with. That was hard to deal with. It is, it is too, because I think, and I've been talking to people about this, to our pastor, to Pastor Jim about this, is had this not happened, like if this had been like 2017 and 18, I think it would have been much different. You know, I, I don't think because we're in an election cycle, I don't think people would have been angling in the way that they are. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that while that sign, you know, you showed the sign and I was like, what in the actual heck, man? But, and it is frustrating, but then I try to, on the flip side, it's like some people, well, they, that's not really the appropriate place to put that. I understand a little bit where they're coming from and there's been such mixed messaging. Mm-hmm. Like medically, we understand. What's interesting, I was telling, I went to do, in Grand Blank, they have, this organization called fish where they do people donate. It's like center of hope. So we did a big food drive and gifts and stuff today as the fire department. So one of the ladies from a church here in grand blank was asking me about masks. And to me, like the very basic breakdown is that when people cough, it goes a certain distance, which is why, which is not six feet. So which is why for the six feet, social distancing and closer than that, wear a mask. Cause if you cough or sneeze or whatever, then everybody's safe. That's good information. Leave it at that. Those are the right. rules and wash your hands. But then you have early on and you have the surgeon general, like top dog in the country for medical things, flip-flopping each day. You have the president's lead dog flip-flopping wear a mask. Oh, it's not really necessary. Then wear a mask. And then, mask mandates and then you know so it's been so politicized Mm -hmm. well and then remember too like the very beginning everybody was told we're just squashing the curve we're just squashing the curve. stay at home like how many of us didn't leave our house for two months right Right. and then we get up to that thursday night wednesday night whatever it was oh we got another two weeks just kidding Mm -hmm. you know so we have all these extensions but we're just squashing the curve we're just squashing the curve and so at some point, it's like, are we supposed to have all the healthy people just go out and about now? Are we not supposed to do that? But now one camp says that we should and the other camp says that we shouldn't. So, and then we have, like what you're saying, Jim, we have like folks from the medical community telling us both too. Mm-hmm. So then it does feel like, are you just screwing around with our ability to go do commerce and do the things that we need to do, or is this really for our health benefit? Is it really not for our benefit? So that's where, I mean, I know it's been frustrating for us too, you know, like as far as a community standpoint of like, that's why I, every couple of weeks is like, Jim, just tell me really what's <laughs> going on because right. I can't trust any source that's online right now. That's so right. true. And yeah. 
I never get the flu shot. I never do all this other stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I, and to even go back to like, well, 99%, the 99%, you know, whatever. And then to have folks saying, well, you know, every other winter, how many people die from the flu and nobody seems to get all torn up about it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, you know, all these other things that I think in a, an appropriate conversation to actually create helpful information and processes for people. That would have been good. It'd be really good. But when it's just, we're going to throw two sides of the coin back and forth on each other, not actually like come up with information that would actually help the whole population. And something that Jim has been saying the last few months too, is like, this is a situation where everybody's right and everybody's wrong. Yes. And so it (laughs) does look very different depending on who you're talking to. But at the same time, it's completely inappropriate for where all the sick people are going and being taken care of. That's where you post your sign. Yes, that was 100% inappropriate place to do that. You know, and people, and this is something that it makes no sense what I'm about to say. I know that it makes sense in my reality, but to normal people, you guys will be like, what? But I feel like we're in a place in this country where apathy is the new empathy. You know what I mean? People live in a space where if it's not touching me, then it's not a thing. And that goes, that goes, that's like across the board in pretty much everything. That's pretty that's, normal. Yeah. You know, I'd say that's and it's pretty normal people. Yeah. And it's just people have their thing that they know, you know, and they, people who are business people that understand that, that's where they're going to be. I don't understand that other than I have family that's in businesses that are struggling. And I think I said on that episode a couple of weeks ago, my own company, when you got a, a non, not, we're not a nonprofit, we're a privately right. for-profit owned company. We got to, we didn't have to lay anybody off or anything, but you know. But we know we, people uh, that were, right. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we know folks in the, at the hospitals in different departments yeah. that were laid well, that's off. another big thing. And they're not getting their jobs back. At least five of them that worked full-time were laid off temporarily, and now they're not getting their jobs back. And I don't know if it's like a, a budget thing or a numbers thing or what. And that's physicians? That is uh, PAs and nurse practitioners. Okay. Like, how are you doing the same job which isn't the same job, which is more than what the job was before with right. a fraction of the people. You know, a friend we're of mine. Dying. <laughs> That's how we're literally just dying and, and the morale is low. So it just automatically makes you just not want to be there. And then that cycle continues of people wanting to leave and people quitting. Like I could try and count, I'd probably be up to 17 people between sick or moving or quitting in the right. last six months. And then we have to be sure that we're checking ourselves because, you know, like, like I've told you guys, Ashley, I've had days in a row, whereas 10 calls in 12 hours, all emergencies, all super sick people. And then I'm showing up and these guys don't want to see me. I mean, me, they want to see me, but they don't want to see me bringing in patients. Because it's like, where are we going to put them? Like, what are we going to do now? And then sometimes, you know, I'm fed up because now this is, 615 when I'm supposed to be clocking out at 530. Yeah. You know, and they're like, 
you know, we don't have any beds. This patient needs to go to triage. I mean, that's not going to happen. This patient's pooped all over themselves and they're not wearing pants. Oh, we don't have a bed. Okay. And then I'm standing there and then, then we get back and forth and it's this little, you know, pissing match, you know, and then no one's really mad. That wouldn't happen before, but it's just, everything's dialed up now. And, you know, it's just been, it's exhausting this time. This year's been more like what I grew up in, which was like that military, more combat posture. And so in some respects, when, when people will hit me up with, you know what you're getting getting into, or you know what you signed up for, I'm like, you know, I have to be like, yep, exactly this. Mm-hmm. It's so much like so much mixed emotion. You know what I mean? It's so much, I want to be doing this. This is my purpose. But at the same time, I want this to be over. And, and to remember too, like we, we've come this far already in such a crappy year. You know, right. a lot has been accomplished. And I think the the challenge is always, you know, how can you grow and thrive coming out of seasons like this and take the best from it and do what you need to do with it so that you can, I don't know. I, I mean, I thought early on too, I don't, I don't want to just get through this year and just be a crankier person than I was before because I just hated every minute of it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think it's not going to last forever. We're going to have, new years of new seasons that are hard in different ways. You know, I don't know. I, five years ago, my brother passed away. I don't want to go through another grieving season of losing somebody again in my life, you know, but that's, if I live any length of time, those things are going to come, you know? So I think the challenge is how, how can I stay healthy and present and thriving in circumstances that aren't meant to make me thrive it's just upside down. I think that's the the nature of the kingdom. I think that's the nature of, you know, just anything that we do as Christians too, to just be like, okay, God, like how, how can you use something that's absolutely horrible and how can you bring life and goodness out of it? Because, because I'm just going to choose to be willing. And it doesn't mean that we don't have days that we feel like we've given everything we have and we have nothing left for anybody. You know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have that either, but I don't know. I, I'm, I think that to be able to come out the other side of this and even right now, like second week of December and say, look at what we've accomplished and look at where we're still standing and look at what has been done despite all these things. I think that, I think that you can, I can say that I'm certainly extremely proud of you all, of everything that's been done already, you know what I mean? And, and we'll get through it, you know, yeah. we'll get through it one step at a time and we'll be good for it. I think we'll be better as a country. I really do at some point mm-hmm. coming out of it, you know, there's still some, some room to move there, some room for growth, Yeah. but yeah, there's definitely a benefit to going through, you know, to kind of, kind of recalibrates your focus I mean, it hasn't been all bad, you know, I mean, you got married, right? I was going to say that, but I was like, I'll wait for him. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that still happened, you know, so, you know, people still had kids, Yeah. you know, 
people did get sick and it did survive and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's, it's important to always, at least I believe it's important to remember those who didn't make it and kind of remember, keep that in your, in your tool bag, like the hard times, the hard stuff you've been through, but also, you know, it hasn't been, I mean, it's been bad, but I don't think it's ruined us. I don't think the idea that, that our country's ruined now is valid, you know, I think that I honestly believe that we will get through this and be better. And I think that once things get to a certain level and we can start operating as, excuse me, more normal again, you know, I think we'll see a flood of people doing things that they probably took for granted. All right. Joy, if there's anything you can tell this EMS and hospital community, if you could leave them with something tonight, come on. It's in your name. You got to spread that love and encourage people. <laughs> oh, but I have such big shoes to fill with this name thing. Um, if I could say anything to all of us, I would say we need to remember that we're all in this together. And um, you might be having a bad day, but try and be a light during this time that just seems so dark because you never know might help a little bit absolutely it's good outstanding it's good ashley me got anything (laughs) kind of already shared but okay i uh, but i could always cut that part out though and and just you would never know no it's it's good (laughs) no i i I think on the worst days, there's still opportunities. They might look different and it's okay if you need somebody from something else. I don't know. It it just looks so different for everybody, but I, you can't wake up every day thinking, well, today sucks. So it's just, you know, whatever, who cares, you know, still be looking for what God has for you in each day. Yep. Right on. So I would say this, that, you know, both those things is that we're better together you know, we have to do this thing together as a team, as a country, yeah. as just medical providers, no matter what your discipline is. Um, and if you need help, you need to get help. Reach out to your people. Something I liked that I heard early on is that something to effect of controlling your emotions doesn't mean to ignore your emotions. I believe that we do have the opportunity to shine super bright right now. But I also believe we've always been here. You know, those of us who are on the so-called front line as healthcare people, we were here before COVID and we'll be here after COVID. You know what? On Saturday, I actually saved somebody. This guy coded in CAT scan and I was just sitting there not doing anything. And you know, that stairway that goes up, that goes straight up to CAT scan. If you hit the door, Right. And I, so I just ran up there. Sure as hell, he's dead. And all the CT techs are like running around because they're freaking out. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yes. let's do CPR. <laughs> Five minutes later, he was talking like, oh, what happened? Right. And that's the craziest. <laughs> yeah. And I legit like didn't want to go to work Saturday. And I was like, well, I guess that's why I came to work. Joy. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my Uh-oh. goodness. 
That is a trip. It's a trip when you get that you get them back and then they're just like I mean what he happened? was blue. Blue. This wasn't no basil vagal. No, he was gone. This D E D dead. Dead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I felt a- that that little spark that you get when you know like you actually save somebody or like you actually help somebody. I was like, Oh, I needed that. Like I felt bad that he needed that. Right. But right. I needed that. They, you don't usually get them back where they're talking to you the same day. Right. So that, that was really refreshing and reassuring. Like I am supposed to be here. I'm here for a reason kind of thing. Absolutely. That's awesome. And that's it. It's good. Well, Joy, thanks for coming in. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. It was awesome meeting you and thank you for all that you're doing right now and keep your head up. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Well, all right. See you next time. See ya.